3: To the virus.
1: Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500.
4: We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't, and the worst happens. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
5: Welcome back. It's uh, Stephen K. Bannon, Raheem Kasam, Jack Maxey, the entire crew war room pandemic uh, this is episode uh, 380 oh now over 14 million uh, downloads we're also on the john fredericks radio network on real america's voice that's the new name and brand and logo for America's uh, americasvoice.news but they're still on channel dish channel 219 we've also newsmax tv chris ruddy and the team down there now in 70 million homes you can get on a replay in the evening and of course in mandarin through G News gtv uh, everywhere we're on, Roku, Roku uh, Pluto, all of it. You can go to Citizens of the American Public, our Facebook page, all these different Facebook pages. We're ubiquitous. We try to be everywhere. Uh, the show has gotten tremendous response. And one of the reasons it's gotten tremendous response is folks have done, such the producers, the people at John Fredericks at uh, Real American Voice have done such a great job of preparing the show every day. that so we try to get you news and information days, weeks, months ahead of time. That's why Trading desks Throughout the World, news producers, Chinese Communist Party, Intel, uh, watches every day. So uh, very, very, very honored. Want to hear what you have to say today on hashtag war and pandemic. Want to ha- hear you in the live chat. Uh, we had three of our, our folks at Dr. Yan, Raheem, Kasam, Darren Beatty, all up on Fox uh, Fox News last night in primetime. And just some great gifts We're going to get more to that later. One of the people that we've had, uh, one of the people we've had on uh, many, many times is Jana uh, Jonna Bianco from the American bondholders. She has an incredible piece and really a great magazine. It's online. It's called American Greatness. Just a fantastic kind of the intellectual part of the Trump movement. Jonna, thank you so much for joining us today. And you talk about how you can save the United States Senate in this election cycle. Walk us through this piece in, uh, that's in, up on American Greatness right now.
6: Well, it's basically pretty simple. I I mean, look, we we see the debates going back and forth. We see Mnuchin up talking about now it's not a time to worry about raising our debt. Um, The American people are suffering at the hands of the CCP Wuhan virus. Um, uh, While the Senate is playing games about how much money they're going to give out, whether there's going to be another stimulus or not. Um, And while I applaud this current administration uh, and the actions that they've currently taken against the CCP and travel bans and so on and so forth, um, that does not benefit or help the American people uh, at large, uh, the everyday uh, um, average American citizen. It's as if the Senate gets up there, they forget where they came from, with the exception, and I must say, Senator Martha McSally, Senator Marcia Blackburn, and Congressman Mark Bre- uh, Green, they get um, uh, the hardships uh, that this pandemic has bestowed on the American people. Um, China owes uh, more money to the American people in defaulted treasury gold bonds than what we owe China. And the propaganda that's put out there of, you know, oh my gosh, don't yank the dragon's tail because China's financing our economy is just that, propaganda like we have seen with all the other propaganda with respect to this deadly virus that uh, was intentionally done by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, And and so I urge uh, our Senate uh, to take charge. Americans want to see China held accountable. We've not seen that yet, uh, despite the economic devastation and ruination uh, across this country. Um, And they need to be held accountable. Make China be held accountable to pay the debt that they owe the American people. These bondholders, it's not just a bondholder issue. Every single American citizen can benefit not only in the reduction of our debt, but there is a way that uh, Americans could get an additional stimulus to help uh, these families uh, is is upwards of $1,200 a person. So a family of four could actually get an additional stimulus check of $4,800, not by putting an additional tax burden and raising our our debt um, and putting that burden on the backs of the American people, it could be holding China accountable to pay their debts to America and disperse those funds via U.S. Treasury. It's that simple, Steve.
5: Uh, John, i to walk through for our audience, uh, because you've been a regular on the show and you've gone out and you've done a terrific job. But just get people up to speed. Why? Because why, and, and I think some people say, hey, how come they can't get traction with the Treasury Department with the Secretary of Treasury? Just walk through what the bonds are and how the CCP has stiffed the deplorables.
6: Well, the, the, the problem is the Treasury Secretary. I mean, you're talking Mr. Goldman Sachs himself, who made all of his money in China, um, who does nothing but protect his Wall Street firms, who don't live in real America, these executives. Your Black Rocks, your Blackstones, your Vanguards, there's a whole list of them. J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley executives, the Goldman Sachs. I, I've said on your show many times, the sooner we get Wall Street out of running our U.S. Treasury, which is supposed to be, for the American people, not for Wall Street firms doing business with China. Uh, Bottom line is these are no different than a U.S. Treasury bond. Governments issue long-term debt, 30, 40, 50, 60. My gosh, China's issuing 100-year bonds over in Europe. These are bonds that American citizens, 20,000 of them in 46 states, bought to help support uh, China years ago. China defaulted, now they refuse to pay and our uh, treasury secretary is letting them slide off the hook and say, well, you don't have to pay, um, uh, and just ignoring the issue. Uh, Margaret Thatcher made China pay these very same bonds to British citizens. It's time that Steve Mnuchin and the current administration hold China accountable uh, to pay their debt to the American people. We're sending $72 million in interest payments alone off of the American taxpayer. And yet look at the financial devastation bestowed upon the American people intentionally by the Chinese Communist Party. People have lost their jobs, their homes, and and worse yet, a a couple hundred thousand people have died in this country at the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. Stop playing games uh, uh, on Capitol Hill and hold China accountable. And if the Senate wants to maintain uh, uh, control in the Senate, they better wake up and listen to the American people and get with reality, because our American uh, uh, everyday citizen is suffering.
5: Talk about, you've gotten some traction on Capitol Hill. <clears throat> I mean, yours has been a lonely journey. I know you're a fighter, but you're starting to finally get some traction. Walk our audience through what traction you're getting with members up on Capitol Hill.
6: Well, uh, we, they have awakened to this issue. Unfortunately, it took a pandemic to wake up uh, Capitol Hill and to wake up the American people uh, to realize uh, what was going on truly with the Chinese Communist Party. We have Senator Martha McSally, who was a fighter in our Air Force and is now a fighter for the uh, uh, American people and especially for Arizona. She co-sponsored with uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, issued a Senate Con Res 43 urging President Trump Uh, and his administration to take every action possible to hold China accountable, to pay this debt to the American people. Um, uh, And uh, Congressman Mark Green of Tennessee has now issued uh, HCON Res 110 uh, in the House. We are garnering significant support by members of the House uh, and the Senate uh, to uh, urge the president to tell Steve Mnuchin. Get this deal done for the benefit of the American people and hold China accountable.
5: Uh, last night, I'm sure you saw, I'm sure you saw Dr. Yan, you're very familiar with her being on on our show. What do you think her yes. new revelation when she actually walks through? because remember she's a she's a fact witness about the process about how early, what did they know and when did they know it, right? But she's also done these amazing papers that kind of lay out, I think pretty definitively that this did not come from the wet market. This did not come from some bat cave down in Guangzhou. This is, uh, this is from a gain-of-function experiment, and this is from, uh, this is from the Wuhan lab, a human-enhanced uh, virus. What, what do you believe, what Dr. Yan is saying, how that changes the perspective particular people saying, hey, there's gotta be reparations here. This is, this is either an, essentially either an act of war or criminal negligence. Right? How do you think that changes the perspective of people going to have about your bonds?
6: I think it's going to change hugely because the truth is coming out. And as we know, truth always prevails. Um, uh, uh, We have suspected this all along uh, uh, of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, I'm saddened to hear this morning that Twitter took down her uh, Twitter page uh, and a lot of the documents that she was putting out on this. Uh, Shame on them. Uh, for doing so, somebody needs to take them down. Um, But at the end of the day, I think it uh, 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 will awaken um, uh, the American people uh, to push that much harder to hold China accountable. Um, uh, And the truth is coming out. President Trump is a law and order president. Um, I do believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is an act of war um, uh, perpetrated on the American people and the world. And China has got to be held accountable. And the best way to do that is to cut them off the US dollars on Wall Street, uh, hold them accountable to pay their debt. Because look, these bonds just weren't issued on Wall Street to to American citizens. You've got the French, the Belgians, the Israelis, the Italians, the Portuguese, the uh, the Latin American countries, these bonds were issued globally. Um, And if if President Donald Trump, as we have seen thus far, uh, and Secretary of State Pompeo, Navarro, all of them standing against the Chinese Communist Party, if they continue to do so, um, and they, they hold them accountable to pay their defaulted sovereign debt to America, other countries will follow suit to begin to get reparations and damage uh, that has been caused.
5: You know, the, one of the reasons we love having you on here, our audience loves you, is you're, you're a real fighter, right? You're, you're kind of the embodiment of the, uh, of the deplorables. Uh, do you see a shift, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but do you see a shift in the tide of people actually now understanding on a broad scale the American people as you deal with this, when you start talking about China today and the CCP, has there been a sea change where your your message you think resonates more than it used to?
6: Absolutely. America has awakened uh, as a result of this pandemic, um, as tragic it is, as it has been. Um, I think it has awakened uh, the everyday average American uh, to um, uh, the disgusting uh, rules and regulations and decisions made by, uh, uh, our government uh, uh, and Wall Street and how they've uh, provided such preferential treatment to the Chinese Communist Party uh, above American citizens. Um, uh, they, they've seen it left and right, um, and they've awakened to say, the buck stops here. Um, and I think more and more uh, they support uh, uh, President Donald J. Trump in holding China accountable. Uh, we're seeing that uh, more often. And thank you, Steve Bannon. And, and your team for continuing to put this information out there to the American people because as we know the mainstream media um, uh, does not um, and, and that's a shame um, uh, because the truth needs to get out there more and more
5: John uh, 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 how do people get more access to you how do people get more to can follow you on Twitter give us everything on social media how can you get to the website because right now our live chats blowing up people want people want to have
6: uh, this settled, and they want to have the American people death squared Um I can be reached at com is our website, um, at USA on Twitter, um, and our Facebook is ABF Bondholder. Um, we encourage all American people, because this is a direct effect on you, to contact the administration, contact your senator, your House member, and encourage them to support Senate Con Res 43, House Res 110, and hold China accountable. Tell them you want China to pay their debt. Americans pay their bills to China. China needs to do the same.
5: Johnna, thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on, a real fighter, a real American patriot. Thank you, thank man. you. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna take a short commercial break. What I wanna do is make sure we hear everybody in hashtag war and pandemic. We wanna hear the live stream. Jack, Raheem, we got any, uh, we got any highlight reel? There's a bunch of stuff happening. The Justice Department's having a, uh, I guess, a press conference right now about Chinese hackers that um, they're putting, uh, they're, they're they're putting charges on.
7: That's exactly right. The FBI sent a tweet saying that Deputy Director Bodick will give, uh, will join representatives from the Justice Department and other agencies for a press conference that's due to take place around about right now to announce charges related to computer intrusion campaigns tied to the Chinese Communist Party. We will uh, be following that very closely and bringing you guys any breaking news that comes out of that. Also, Senator Marsha Blackburn tweeting out the uh, the Dr. Yan uh, clip from yesterday. So much going on. Pay attention. It's all important. We'll be back for War and Pandemic.
4: War room, pandemic, with Stephen K. Bannon.
0: The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide.
4: War room, pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
3: For me, I think what I, what I perceive as more chilling is a corporate type of censorship that people don't really notice, which is a lot of these giant corporate entities have business with. You know, countries around the world, Saudi Arabia or China, and they're just not going to criticize them and they're not going to let their shows criticize them or they're not going to air documentaries that go deep into truthful areas because they just make so much money. So while we're all going, you know, can we say this joke or not say that joke? On a much bigger level, they have just completely shut down critical content about human rights abuses and China, and, and I think that's much scarier.
4: You're talking about global conglomerates that say, we still need to be able to sell a version of this in China. And so yeah. we're, we're not even going to accept this in what's already being greenlit, let alone something that's
3: more provocative. Yeah. Or it dies in, this, in, the, uh, in the pitch phase. Hey, I want to write a, a movie about the concentration camps in China, and, the, and Muslims in concentration camps. I want to write a movie about someone who escapes. No one would would buy the pitch. Instead of us doing business with China and that leading to China becoming more free, what has happened is a place like China has bought our silence with their money. Mm-hmm. What's so stunning about
5: that, Judge Apito, look, we wanna welcome all fighters to the fight. You know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, what's pretty stunning about it, and Ari Malbury is one of the smartest guys around, is how this is like a big revelation. This is like some secret top, you know, top thing. They're like giving some revealed secrets. We've talked about this for years. This is obvious. The big corporations, the big media companies, Wall Street, they're all in bed. I mean, where you guys been? And look, welcome to the fight. And we need more of that. We need more mainstream Hollywood coming forward and actually speaking truth to power. But this thing got so, I mean, it went all over. It was trending. We've talked about this for years and years and years. This is a long time coming. This has happened. Uh, this has been going on for better part of a decade, um, and so it's it's pretty stunning that it comes out in a fairly, no offense, not particularly sophisticated way, uh, with uh, Judge Apatow, the writer, director, producer of these comedies. Um, but uh, they, you know, everybody around here goes, "Wow, this is huge." He kind of came out. I think it shows you. What it tells me is how far gone we are when you can have something that this is so obvious that Hollywood kowtows to Beijing, that Silicon Valley kowtows to Beijing, that Wall Street kowtows to Beijing, that our political class, our cultural institutions, we have massive infiltration. How did that infiltration come? It's not really ideological. It is. Uh, it started with money, just cold hard cash. People just got bought off. Right now, it's shifted kind of ideologically. They like the totalitarian model. They like this authoritarian model. They like this version of state capitalism merged with kind of authoritarian uh, government because they're in a moral crusade to destroy the patriarchy to, to, to save the world through climate change, all of it. That's why they hate Donald Trump. And remember, Donald Trump just can't be defeated. He must be destroyed. That's why this election and I don't think you can say it any other way is the most uh, important in American history. I think this as important as the election of 1860. Uh, and I think you're going to have a, a lot of intensity around this election, particularly after Donald J. Trump wins on the evening of November 3rd. And then we go through this whole enormous, uh, enormous uh, fracas of tr- them trying to steal it. And that's what they're trying to do. They're going to try to steal it with this absentee ballot. I can tell you, and I can tell the mainstream media, since we were the very first show to focus on the pandemic back in mid-January of this year, is that they overplayed their hand. They, they, you know, we, we have been very at the forefront of you've got to be very careful about this virus. I've said from day one it came from the Wuhan lab. That will be shown over time uh, that this is something that we don't really understand the aspects of it. What I do know is that unlike the flu, when you get this thing and, uh, and you're on the glide slope to die, it's brutal. Okay, And people have, have you know said this over and over again is now we have almost 200,000 Americans that have, uh, that have passed away. But uh, it's pretty shocking how far the infiltration has come when a Hollywood director can have a, uh, a fairly straightforward conversation on things that have been known facts now for over half a decade, that Hollywood can't make any picture that's critical of Beijing. Uh, what I want to go to, by the way, a great tweet and uh, a statement from Senator Marco Rubio. Uh, Raheem, I know you and Jack have really been trashing this TikTok deal for the entire week. Marco Rubio came out and said, look, no offense, I realize Oracle is an American company and they're very supportive of the president and a whole bunch of other things, but this deal can't go through. Before we turn back to Jack to get into the science of what Dr. Yan is saying, uh, Raheem, give me your thoughts on Marco Rubio and TikTok.
7: Yes, Um, I want to just get this up on my screen here. Okay, Senator Rubio urges Trump to scrap TikTok Oracle deal if ByteDance ties remain, and and that is what we've been saying all of this week. It's what we said when you had the original announcement of this 45-day grace period to find a a quote-unquote buyer for TikTok. We said the following. Remember, and if you don't believe me, if you don't remember, go back to those episodes. It was a good thing at the time that the administration was doing something on the heels of uh, the Indian government outright banning over 100 Chinese Communist Party linked apps. But now we're in this stagnation here. And I think Senator Rubio, uh, much as I disagree with him on so much, he gets it when it comes to this. And that is the following. You can't kind of sell TikTok. You can't say okay, we're going to take over the day-to-day operation, we're going to buy, you know, 90% of the thing, but we're not getting the algorithm. We're not getting control of the algorithm. That still links to ByteDance. That still links to the the Chinese equivalent of the of the app as well. And all data still has the ability to go to those uh, those old owners and the Chinese Communist Party as a result. You can't do that. You also can't have a situation where the Byte Dance, the parent company, has a backdoor into the app, whether or not the whole thing is fully sold. They can't have a backdoor into the app. And as it stands right now, they have a back door, a front door, a side door, all the windows are left open. They built the thing. And I think Rubio gets this. You can't force a sale like this quickly because the companies that want a piece of the action, whether it's Microsoft, whether it's Oracle, whatever, all they care about Is We have access now to 100 million cell phones across the United States, and we can sell whatever the heck we want to all these kids who are using the app. That's all they care about. They're just trying to make a profit, and that's well within their rights as companies. But for national security's sake, you cannot have that take place. And, And Senator Rubio has done a great thing by coming out today and saying that, Steve.
5: Yeah, Jack, let's get to, by the way, I think people are now realizing you can't let the Chinese Communist Party be anywhere near this stuff. What this is, and they're trying to become the Saudi Arabia data, as General Sparling has told us, over and over and over again. Get your kids off these apps immediately. Jack, let's pivot back. Got a couple minutes left here. I want to give the highlight reel of uh, Dr. Jan's uh, science. By the way, the Daily Mail, Daily Beast, they're all, uh, you know, equating the, the, the organization – uh, that I was affiliated with, a rule of law that has, and we'll let you know we got defectors, we're talking to defectors all the time, talking to whistleblowers, getting safe houses, paying for security. You know, this is key. The Chinese Communist Party is going to fall because the Chinese people, and the and the tip of the spear that's doing that are whistleblowers and people with information about what they've done on all these different aspects. So the Daily Mail, the Daily Beast can write all this. I'm very proud to be associated with. Uh, with making sure that Dr. Yan got out and was safe and the defector. But remember, there's going to be many, many, many more Dr. Yan's in back of that. So the Chinese Communist Party is just going to have to suck them, right? Jack, back to you with the science.
2: Well, I think what we really want to drill down on her when we're talking about Dr. Yan's paper, and again, I am not a scientist, but I think I'm a reasonable, thoughtful person who's been following this from day one. And one of the things that we can all understand is that there is, is a genetic record of a virus. So we can look at the virus in January, compare it to the virus in uh, August, and we can see little genetic mutations that have occurred naturally as the virus replicates itself in the host. The thing which makes this virus so strange for science is that it is perfectly adapted to the human host. The S1 receptor, which is the first half of the spike protein, is almost perfectly adapted to human cells, and it's not just the lung cells. It would be your kidneys. It would be your heart. It would be across the board. Now, if this had occurred in a natural uh, recombination in nature, then we would see similar uh, patterns within the various portions of this uh, virus in terms of the way that they genetically evolved. In this case, we don't see any comparative Uh, genetic examples of this. For example, there are certain parts of it that are 100% or very close to 100% like coronaviruses in nature. And then there are other parts that are unlike any coronavirus in nature or appear to be a combination between two subsets of coronaviruses. Something for it, and if it had occurred in nature at some point in the past or even in the recent past, We would still see a kind of convergence of the genetics inside that virus we don't see that here i think it is something that definitely people have to look into these two cleavage sites that seem particular to this virus seem to indicate that there's an ability to swap out sections of the spike protein to test for various things communicability etc And as Dr. Yan has always said, the likelihood is that there are dozens of strains very similar to COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, as it should be properly called, that are obviously also in these laboratories. And this is why so often we describe Chinese uh, science as a Pandora's box and why it is so dangerous for the planet In this unregulated fashion. I think the example of the brucellosis outbreak that we spoke about earlier is a perfect example. And it was interesting because I reached out to the wonderful Dr. Yan and sent her the article. And she immediately responded. And I thought it was interesting. She said, This is proof of the Chinese uh, people, Chinese government trying to scam us.
7: All right, we're going to go to a quick break here. Jack, we'll come back with more of that. I'm sure there's a whole lot more to go through as well. Very grateful for the whole audience sharing, liking, subscribing, giving us five stars, telling your friends, your family, your colleagues, shouting it out the window. We'll be right back.
4: War Room. Pandemic. With Stephen K. Bannon.
0: The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide.
4: War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
1: Positive things we've seen in sports since this whole COVID, since the social unrest, since George Floyd. It's the most positive thing we've seen. The Big Ten made a gigantic error shutting down. I think they thought they would force the other dominoes to fall in behind them. And thankfully, some parents at Nebraska, some parents at Ohio State, some players across the country, Justin Fields, the quarterback at Ohio State, Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback down in Clemson, playing in the ACC, they started to elevate and speak out. President Trump gets involved with the Big Ten and offers them, I think, some assistance in terms of testing. And I'm glad to see the Big Ten retract, fold, however you want to frame it. It's a positive sign. These kids should be playing football. Kids should be in school. Kid, kids need to be moving forward with their lives. We can't keep everybody frozen in time forever.
0: Jason, week one of the NFL is over, and the ratings are in. It looks like Fox's ratings were off. Well,
5: Positive I didn't downplay it. I actually, in many ways, I upplayed it in terms of action. My action was very strong. Yeah, because what I did was with China, I put a ban on. With Europe, I put a ban on. And we would have lost thousands of more people had I not put the ban on. So that was called action. Not with the mouth, but in actual fact. We did a very, very good job when we put that ban on. Whether you call it talent or luck, it was very important. So we saved a lot of lives when we did. play the action. Action, 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 and, and more action right here is Big Ten football has been announced. Big Ten football's gonna be back in a couple of weeks. That is a massive, massive effort by President Trump. I got to tell you, well plates sir. This is going to have big impacts up in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, the progressive left that wants everybody huddled in place. And look, we're war and pandemic. We've covered this straight from the very beginning. You got to take a lot of cautions. We already said you got to do targeted interventions. You have to reopen this thing very smartly. But the way that the left has overplayed their hand, and now they're absolutely in panic mode. That they've blown any chance of winning this election because how they've overplayed and scared everybody to death. Well, President Trump put his shoulder to the wheel, and Big Ten football is going to come back. Huge win for President Trump. Huge win for the country. Huge win for the Big Ten, and particularly huge win for those uh, for those uh, student athletes. I know my daughter was a Division One athlete for all four years, and they, the hard work they do in their entire life to get there. It just your heart goes out to them. So I'm so glad the president stood tall. Donald J. Trump, and he upplayed the action. I think that ought to be the buzzword for the uh, for the rest of the campaign. Raheem, I know we got more breaking news. Big Ten football. This is going to be enormous. Trust me, this is going to be enormous. People up in the upper Midwest, and particularly the Blue Wall, right of Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, are going to understand it's Donald J. Trump and his steadfastness that helped bring Big Ten football back in the fall of 2020. Raheem, I know we got tons of other breaking news, particularly from the Justice Department. What's going on?
7: I have absolutely no idea what Big Ten football is,
2: Jack. Well, listen, one of the things that I think is great about this whole thing, and it should encourage all of us as we go into this election November 3rd, this was the institutions, the universities, the state legislatures, they are the ones who wanted to keep football shut down. And it was the parents, the students, the deplorables who fought back and forced these institutions to back down. You can do the same exact thing on November 3rd by showing up and getting in the fight. And this is proof of the power of that deplorable mob out there. Quiet, silent mob, but ready to defend our American values.
7: So let's get to some of that breaking news here, Steve. Um, The Associated Press is reporting out out of their National Security Bureau uh the Justice Department is charging five Chinese citizens with hacking more than one hundred companies, two Malaysian businessmen also arrested. I'm gonna keep reading from this as well, from the AP. The Justice Department has charged five Chinese citizens with hacks targeting more than 100 companies and institutions in the United States and elsewhere, including social media and video game companies, as well as universities and telecommunications providers. The Justice Department has been working with Microsoft and other private sector companies to neutralize the computer infrastructure that the hacking group APT41 uses to carry out the crimes. That's according to Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen. That's all the information we have out right now. The Justice Department's live feed of that event actually went down, so we're still waiting to get the, uh, to get the details from the video.
5: Uh, Raheem, I want to go back to, do we have the uh, Darren Beatty, can we pull the Darren Beatty uh, hit from last night on the color revolution? This is something we've been ahead of, and people have to understand. This is this whole Twitter takedown, this Facebook takedown. You know, the silencing of people, they want to silence Dr. Yan. What I'm so glad of t- today, it, it, it is blowing up. Dr. Yan's story is blowing up all over. And you're just not going to be able to sit there and look the other way. They're going to be forced to confront this. But you've seen this. Raheem, do we have the clip from Darren Beatty that you guys can get into?
7: Yeah, let's. Uh, we can, I think we can roll clip nine.
0: Many have described the actions taken against Trump as a coup. And this is certainly correct, but it's a little bit general and vague. What's unfolding before our eyes is a very specific type of coup called the color revolution. It's a regime change model favored by many in our national security apparatus, particularly against Eastern European countries to overthrow target regimes that they don't like. One model, which is not the color revolution model, is purely sending a bunch of troops into a country and removing by military force a leader you don't like that's like like the iraq model right the color revolution model is a little bit more delicate and subtle has several characteristics but the chief characteristics of it is a combination of an engineered contested elections scenario combined with massive mobilized protests which they call as a term of art peaceful protests and acts of civil disobedience if that sounds familiar it gets even better it's not only the same strategies and tactics used against trump that is used against eastern european dictators that our national security apparatus doesn't like it's literally the same people who are color revolution professionals who have a long history of using these same tactics against foreign leaders they don't like to use against democratically elected President Donald Trump, it's the same people using the very same playbook. Okay, uh, Raheem,
5: you've been at the cutting edge of this. Last night, Tucker did an amazing job, but walk people through what do you say this playbook? You've actually been over there. You've been an eyewitness to this. What are we talking about? Is this is this conspiracy theory? We're in some sort of fever swamp, or what exactly is going on? Explain to people because this is going to be the framework that people should view this in in the next five months. Remember, Donald Trump, we think he's gonna, he definitely going to win on the evening of November 3rd. But he's not going to be declared the winner until right before noon, high noon, on the 20th of January, the year of our Lord, 2021, when he will take the oath of office in Washington, D.C.
7: Yeah, Steve. Um, so Darren has done a great job, obviously, and, and the Revolver site have done, uh, they've done a great job as well. Of uh, of of walking through, you know, some of the more particulars of this, the detail um, of these things. But I want to just pull the pull the thing back for a second to explain for people what's going on here. And this isn't, uh, you know, my hair's on fire, I'm screaming in the mic. You know, there's a coup, there's a coup. Uh, I'm walking people through this, and Darren's walking people through this, and we're, we're here in the war room, we're walking people through it bit by bit so that they understand. And you now see, I mean, we, we first broke the story about this on August the 3rd. Um, you're now seeing a lot of the bigger news organizations starting to pay attention. Uh, it's nearly two months later, of course, and it's it's just about 40 days until the, uh, until the last day of voting uh, in this election process. But let's pull it back a little bit and talk about where this comes from, how this was developed. I mean, there are a series of um, authors, um, sophologists, uh, academics out there who have for decades and decades plied their trade in how you overturn dictatorships, how you overturn dictatorships, how you implement a one-man, one-vote system uh, in countries that aren't used to it, countries that don't have a cultural affinity for it, countries that may be suffering on the uh, tail end of communism and, and so forth. Then you saw this flip. It changed a little bit. They stopped targeting just uh, what you would regard as overt dictatorships. And they started targeting what they thought of as illegitimate democracies. So, for instance, you can take the Ukraine in 2013 because of its, uh, the Ukraine being in the sphere of influence uh, of a geopolitical adversary as far as the um, Western political establishment was concerned in the shape of uh, a modern traditionalist Christian Russia. Uh, the Ukraine was see- seen as a satellite state, and and while the government of Ukraine at the time was. Broadly, it was broadly, I wouldn't say it was wholly, but it was broadly uh, democratically elected and they had a mandate. They started to implement some of these color revolution strategies there. And Darren walked you through some of the particulars of how it takes place. Uh, one of them being the street protests we saw in the transition integrity report. Uh, they talk about a street fight taking place here in the United States um, over the coming months and uh undermining the institutions undermining the norms undermining what people have become accustomed to flooding the zone with misinformation disinformation uh distraction tactics uh, uh, flooding the media. Remember, the media is a big part of this as well, taking hold of what the media is reporting in a certain country to make sure that the leaders are only ever poorly reflected um, in the in the public's eye. And, and you see it to some extent. They've tried to do it to Viktor Orban in Hungary as well, but they're having less success because, number one, the Hungarians are incredibly proud and nationalistic people with very many reasons uh, to be so. Uh, number two, the Hungarians can see what's going on all across Europe, and frankly, they don't want it in their country. And thirdly, Viktor Orban has managed to figure this out in advance because he actually studied at a George Soros-funded university when he was a younger man, and he knew a lot of these tactics that were going to be uh, used in the future. I mean, I guess he didn't know he would necessarily lead the country, but he knew uh, when he became the prime minister what they were going to use against him. And in fact, they've tried it many times, and he was able to build up the, um, the defense mechanisms against it. So that brings us here to the United States. Do we have the defense mechanisms against the color revolution? and the color revolution tactics to be deployed here in America? Well, the answer is yes and no. Uh, As Bill McGinley and other constitutional scholars uh, will insist to you, uh, there are constitutional safeguards uh, against this sort of thing. They exist in how the next president is chosen if there is a disputed vote, i.e. the House of Representatives would have a vote per delegation. uh, And that means it's not just uh, a small electoral commission like it had in 1876. It's not a one member, one vote circumstance. It's a state, basically. It's a state of vote. Uh, and that kind of evens things out. It's kind of the, the ele- electoral college of the dispute process. But at the same time, the other side, the Dr. Ed Foley's, who was quoted yesterday in the Financial Times, I told you Ed Foley was going to be a big part of all of this. He had a book that came out called Ballot Battles. And I've got it here in front of me. Ballot Battles that came out, I think it was 2016. Uh, and this was, this was clearly written to resolve something on the left that they can't seem to resolve. And that is, how do we cheat? Um, they want to cheat by establishing an electoral commission uh, in the United States. You, you, you get a bureaucracy. They call it impartial. You flood it with globalists, much like the electoral commission in the United Kingdom. And, and by the way, I've got plenty of reporting to do on that in the coming weeks as well. Uh, you stack it, you, you fill it, and then you have that organization uh, decide the disputes rather than the elected members themselves decide the disputes now I'm not going to say that it's the best idea to have uh, partisan people decide when there's a dispute what the uh, dispute resolution is because the they, it's always going to be a split party line vote but that is still a far more democratic way of doing this it is the least worst way of doing this much like democracy is the least worst uh, mechanism by which to select the government so I hope that explains in in some in some sort of uh, a brief way what's going on here Steve
5: amazing 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 we'll
7: be back in just a moment yeah make sure you uh tune in uh at 3 p.m ladies and gentlemen as well to the national pulse show here on real america's voice the new name for the new network of the uh the maga movement um america's voice john fredericks radio network g news gtv newsmax later on we'll be back
4: war room pandemic with stephen k bannon
0: the epidemic is a demon,
4: and we can't let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. On
5: tomorrow's tomorrow show, we're going to have the investigative reporter, Lee Smith. He's got an amazing article in Tablet Magazine about America's China class launches a new war against Trump. This is about these tech uh, titans, these oligarchs, uh, buying into Atlantic Magazine, buying the Washington Post, all of it as part of the permanent coup Against President Trump and their relationships with the Chinese Communist Party. Lee Smith tomorrow. Uh, Raheem, I think you've got Phil Klein on. Is he going to be on today or tomorrow on National Pulse about ballot security?
7: Yeah, we have Phil Klein, former governor, professor at, um, at Liberty University, now talking about uh, the ballot security on the show today at 3 p.m. Tomorrow, an exclusive in studio. Congressman Matt Gates at 3 p.m. as well on Monday, uh, exclusive at 3 p.m. on the National Pulse. Donald Trump Jr. will join us also. Uh, just a whole host of great shows coming up uh, at 3 p.m. On, on America's Voice.
5: That's fantastic. We're actually going to have Matt Gates on next week, too, about his book. So he'll be in studio with more of that tomorrow. I uh, want to get to uh, the most shocking thing out of Woodward, of all the Woodward stuff, I thought was the revelations of, uh, of General Jim Mattis and Dan Coates. And I don't remember the mainstream media hectoring these people about what the truth is. Basically, if it's true and Mattis hasn't denied it, they were talking about a coup against the president. They need some collective action that he was unfit for office. Okay, so some of the great uh, flag officers stepped up the other day, Jack Maxey. I know you and my my daughter, Captain Maureen Bannon, have been all over this story. A letter came out supporting President Trump from some true patriots. Jack, I know you want to read it, and then Captain Bannon's got some comments.
2: I'll tell you what. These guys pulled no punches, and I'm very proud to be able to read this. It should be inspire some fear but also some courage people this america is worth it open letter from senior military leaders the 2020 election affords the american people an urgently needed opportunity to affirm their devotion to the constitution of the united states and to the american way of life as senior leaders of america's military we took an oath to defend the united states from all enemies foreign and domestic at present our country is now confronted with enemies here and abroad as well as a -a once-in-a-century pandemic. As retired military officers, we believe that Donald J. Trump has been tested, as few other presidents have, and is the proven leader to confront these dangers. It can be argued that this is the most important election since our country was founded. With the Democratic Party welcoming to socialists and Marxists, our historic way of life is at stake. During the Obama-Biden administration, America's armed forces were subjected to a series of ill-considered and debilitating budget cuts. The Democrats have once again pledged to cut defense spending and undermining our military strength. The Democrats' opposition to border security, their pledge to return to the disastrous Iran nuclear deal, their antagonism toward the police and planned cuts to military spending will leave the United States more vulnerable to our foreign enemies. President Trump's resolute stands have deterred our enemies from aggression against us and our allies. The proposed defense cuts by the Democrats will, in our professional judgment, create a potentially perilous situation for the United States during a time of great external and internal threats to our nation. For these reasons, we support Donald Trump's re-election. We believe that President Donald Trump is committed to a strong America. As president, he will continue to secure our borders, defeat our adversaries, and restore law and order domestically. We urge our fellow Americans to join us in supporting the re-election of Donald Trump for president.
5: I got to tell you, I think it's one of the most powerful statements that come out in this entire thing. Remember, these are some of the most important flag officers around. They said the most important election since the founding of the country and talked about enemies, foreign and domestic. Captain Bannon, you saw the signatures on this. What impression did that make to you?
8: Um, It made a very big impression. Just to go back, in 2016, there were only 88 retired military figures that signed a letter supporting the president. Looking at this, there are now 235 general officers across all services that signed this letter. To me, the ones that made the most impact were Admiral Thomas Hayward, who was the Chief of Naval Operations from 78 to 82. He served in three different conflicts, to include World War II, the Korean War, and Vietnam. And also the Medal of Honor winner, Major General James E. Livingston, for his heroic actions in Vietnam. I mean, these. Officers that signed this letter have been in multiple different wars and know what it takes. And they know that in the Obama-Biden administration, benefits were taken from the military. We decreased military spending. We decreased the size of the military. They saw that Trump turned that back around, Has strengthened the military. And their support shows that they that four more years of this will bring back the military to the great strength it was prior to the Obama-Biden administration.
5: Thank you very much. I just want to add that your dad did work as one of the special assistants to Admiral Tom Hayward back in the Pentagon many years before you were even conceived. Thought of, no concept. Okay. Uh, want um, We're going to jump here now. We're gonna, our takeout music is always take down the CCP. I want to thank everybody on today's show.
0: CCP, communism to me families. the CCP Communism sucks, hard for me to give a f-. Try to tell them and they try to keep it on the hush Middle finger up, turn into a fist They wanna keep the poor poor so they never rich If you wanna see the future, look into the past Been a century of silence, we gon' take it back I'm just stating facts, tell you how it is Ain't no way to change shit don't resist Take it, take it,
2: take it from us Tell us what it's all about Swear
3: I'll